Okay, welcome back. Welcome back indeed. This is episode nine of Droughtlander. You have waited a long time. Oh no, it's not episode nine, is it? It is episode nine of our podcast, but it's episode one of season two. Oh and yeah. Episode two of season it's, it's two. episode two of season one. No, what? episode one and episode two of season two. Okay. Um, Good start. I'm Maureen Younger. And I'm Jen Brister. Should we do that again? No, I think it just sums up the level of uh, professionalism. I don't know why I'm even pretending that we do that again. I, I mean, you won't know this because you're listening to this on the podcast, but we actually practiced that. I'm not even joking. We went, okay, when we start, I say this, and then you say that. Oh, we still got it wrong. And we got that wrong. And it was like... <laughs> right, literally, it's been so long since we did last one, so I, that's, you know, we're out of practice. It's true. Within about 10 seconds, I was like, oh, I've got no idea what I'm saying. What did we say again? Honestly. All right, so we're back with season two of Outlander. What's your thoughts? I only watched the first few episodes. What's your thoughts so far? Um, it's boring, isn't it? <laughs> a bit boring, isn't it, in France? I know that it's supposed to be all that in- intrigue and bodice ripping and all of that sort of subterfuge, but personally, get back to Scotland. I think it's difficult. Because most TV series wouldn't set up a like a society, like a, 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 I can't even think of the word, but you know, a kind of a world. A world. And characters, and then move them, move, kind of get rid of most of the characters and move somewhere else. But they've got to for the book, basically. I mean, I would never, I mean, it's a rare thing for me to say, head back to Scotland. How dare you? Uh, when you're in France, <laughs> but, <laughs> when you're in Paris, for crying out loud. But in this instance, yes. To be fair, the series does get better as soon as they get back to Scotland. Well, I'm not... I'm we're not, not there yet. We're not there yet. I'm only five episodes in. And uh, uh, and uh, to be honest with you, I watched it ages ago, so I can't really remember. But don't worry, because Maureen is here to no, no, jog no, no. my memory. She's watched it a few times. Oh, Maureen's probably only watched it, you know, six or seven hundred times. So I'm pretty confident that she'll know the ins and outs of it all. So basically we start, uh, not where we left season one, but we start in 1948. Yes, so here we are, season two, episode one. Claire's back. Claire is suddenly in the... She's arrived in, in 1948 amongst the stones. Yes, and she's not very happy about it. She's not happy, she's really upset. She's, she's just obviously left before the Battle of Culloden, so she's not sure if, the, if they won or not. She's hoping that they did. And uh, I think her and Frank, when they meet, it's so British, isn't it? They just go, Claire, Frank. It's like, you know, they haven't seen each other for three years, and it's all very stiff up Is it three years? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, because she she went. Oh no, two years, two years. Well, um, I think you've skipped a bit, Maureen, because she's on the she's walking down the street in eighteenth uh, century, century bodice. Where, yes, and they get stopped by get stopped by a guy who tries to help her, and she's very upset. And she asks, "Who won the Battle of Culloden?" And he goes, "Well, well the, the English, British, yeah. yeah." And she's like, "Oh," but and he gets really upset. Um. Anyway, so here's the thing: I didn't really know what the hell was going on. I was like, "Have I?" Have I missed an entire series? Why is she in Scotland? She Not only is she in Scotland, she's re- reunited with her husband. Yep. Her husband, the man that she married. The first Frank, one. The first, first guy, who she was supposedly in love with. She's not happy to see him. No, not really. Um, and it's not an easy thing for, what's his name, Tobias Menzies. Menzies. I think he's such a great actor. He's so well, good in this. he played a massive sadist in... Yeah, uh, I know. And now he has to play this loving husband that missed her and is like, oh, I really missed you. But I think it's a really difficult part to play and I think he does a brilliant job. Um, you know, when they have that discussion where she tells him the truth. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. He's like, oh, uh, this is the thing. I mean, this guy hasn't seen his wife for two years. She tells him... <laughs> she tells him... Listen, 
You're not going to believe this, but I fell through a hole through those stones and I went back in time. and I Fell really, madly in love. I fell madly in love with this guy. <laughs> uh, and, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I'm pregnant with his baby. And he didn't go, right, we need to section you. He's like, <laughs> I believe you. Uh, I mean, like, I all, don't care. All the men in this, all the men in this are not men. <laughs> of, uh, or any men that I've ever met. Where you say, I'm from the future, I'm from the past. And they don't go, you are nuts. They go, I understand. and I, <laughs> I love you anyway. I completely empathise and I believe you and I love you anyway. And I'm going to take you, you back or take you now. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you're, and the kid that isn't, clearly isn't mine. Clearly, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, firstly, you're lying. Because you can't go back in time. Secondly, you're up the duff, so... Who is this guy? Let's talk about it. Everybody's very understanding in this show. Well, no, he does. When he realises, when it clicks that it's James, he does. You see a bit of the uh, black jacket in him because he does go to punch it, doesn't he? And he gets very angry and throws stuff around the shed and things like that. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So, well, the, there were flashes of blackjack aren't, when they, he beat up that guy. Yeah, he yeah, double crossed yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but so, gen, 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 generally, we think he's a nice guy. Yeah, and I, I do think that to, Tobias Messi does a fantastic job. But then he goes, to, to be fair, to, to, he goes, I will accept the child as my own, but you've got to bring it up as my kid and you've got to forget about Jamie. And then you see what the man that Jamie is because she goes, yes, Jamie told me I had to forget him. And you kind of go, oh, what a man. Do you? I've, yeah. Well, you Maureen does, but I actually, <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember that happening. Um, and then they go off to America. But I have to say, my main concern, because this takes about 30 minutes of episode one, was, again, was like, oh, with God. you, if it's 1948, when is Jamie going to make an appearance? And then, fortunately, we go back. Back. And they're in France. We're back into 1745, which I think is a mistake. I think it's meant to be 1744. And they're in Lavre, France. And Myrta, can I just say, thank God for Myrta, because most of the characters have disappeared that we've grown to love. And Jamie's a different Jamie now. You've got Myrta, who's kind of the rock. And he's, I think he's, one of the best things of this series is that we see a lot of murder in it. You love murder, don't it's, you? I think it is because he reminds me of my dad. I mean, he just reminds me of, of my very Scottish father, that kind of doer Scott who's yeah. always I, I think of him as being entirely peripheral. <laughs> he become, he plays a bigger role in this, this series. Well, I'm kidding. I'm a big murder fan. And I know lots of Outlander uh, fans are murder fans, aren't they? I just like the fact he's so, he's just so doer about everything, I think. No. He's the only man with a beard in the whole of France. Did you notice that? There's not a single bit of facial hair. I thought, God, if I went to France, I'd have more facial hair than the men. Since we didn't pluck that morning. Well, what, do you mean like this morning? Anyway, stop examining my chin, Maureen, for God's sake, woman. Just the light, it's light. I, I know, I can't help it. So anyway, they're in Havre. Um, Jamie's still being traumatised, of course, uh, by the thoughts of Black Jack. Yes, understandably, if you've been raped for uh, several hours. And tortured. tortured. And so Claire, I think in a way to kind of have his focus moved along, she decides that they should try and stop the Jacobite uprising. Which is quite, I mean, it does give them something to think about. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, it's not, they haven't got enough on their plate. <laughs> but definitely, that is, you know, when you, you know, Changing you've got the future. time on your hands. <laughs> and I think, you know, we could really... We could have a hobby. Have, yeah, like something to focus on. Oh, I'll stop the Jacobite rising. <laughs> that seems like a great idea. So they decide that they're going to do that. Oh, and this is the other thing. Um, Jamie is now, like, selling wine. Through his cousin. Yeah, okay. So and he's now, like, they're, they're not, like, just in France, just, like, kind of slightly middle class. Okay, well, that is more episode two. Is it? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, but in episode one... Yeah, he meets Jared, who's his cousin, who's the wine merchant, who, fortunately for Jamie and Claire, gives him a job as a wine merchant. I mean, like... At his house in Paris, and the servants. Oh, yeah, that's which it. Which is quite handy. Oh, it all happens. I know about cousins like that. And also, um, Jared's a Jacobite, and they persuade Jared that, uh, you know, Jamie's a Jacobite, and that he should uh, meet the Jacobites in, in Paris. Yes, and that means meeting with um, Bonnie Prince Charlie, Charlie. Which is episode two. Which is episode two. But look, let's just merge these two. Well, let's merge them. Maureen's very strict with the rules here. You're not allowed to talk about episode two and talk about episode one. Well, we've almost one. finished episode one quite quickly for us because uh, Claire gets Because it was boring. Claire gets into trouble, of course, Oh, she? God, Claire, shut up for she five She just arrived seconds. in France. And then she arrives in France and she sees a case of smallpox. And Jamie, of course, tries to call her back, but obviously Jamie doesn't realise... For some reason, if you try and stop Claire, she's clearly going to carry on doing what so she wants to do. She's saying, this is smallpox, and if you allow this uh, boat to, you know, like it's going to spread and everyone's going to get it. And the guy who owns the boat, who is this very handsome... Comte Saint-Germain. Comte Saint-Germain. He's a very handsome... Uh, arrogant. It's arrogant. unusual for a French person. Arrogant French person. A, ha- a handsome, arrogant French... I mean, this, that's the most, that is typical of a British person to call the French arrogant. There's no one more arrogant than the Brits. We go around thinking we're better than everybody. But anyway, look, that's by the by. The point is, this guy owns the boat. His boat is now set on fire to stop this pox plague from taking And over. he's not happy. And he decides that now he's going to do everything in his power to destroy this English woman. I don't know what accent oh, that was. Because he speaks in French all the time. Can I just say, Sam Hewen clearly is not, uh, did not learn French before this series. Like, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, the, the Frenchman, uh, Katrina, she obviously Katrina. can speak, her yeah. French is very good. But sometimes with uh, Sam Hewen, you, you listen to his French. And the like, inflection's in the wrong you're like, place. You're just like, what did you say? Yeah. He's still cute. Yeah, I thought you'd think, oh, Sam Human with a French accent, that's only going to make him sex. What are you saying? Stop talking. Sometimes yeah. you're just incomprehensible. Yeah. But anyway, he's still, he's still cute. So then they go off to Paris and they've obviously upset the console. They've got a new enemy now. They've got a new enemy and... Uh, we think Blackjack is, Blackjack is dead. Blackjack is dead, isn't he? We all know it. We saw it happen. A hundred thousand cattle... Ran over Scottish him. Scottish cattle. Uh, 100,000 Scottish cattle ran over him. Did so they not? Yes. I mean, like, the guy would be dead. I think we can all agree that in the life that is real, you would be dead. So we're right to assume that. Yes, and that's what we can assume so far. We, so that was very quick on episode... We did that in ten minutes. Oh, good, because I was like... Oh, I can't two minutes of that was the introduction. Talk so about it. We're at number two, and then, talking about Blackjack... Um, like the opening scene is a sex scene. Can I just say there's a lot of complaints that there's not enough se- by the fans that there wasn't enough sex. There was season. not enough sex. But we'll talk about that later. But there, it's, it looks like it, we're starting with a Jamie and Claire's sex scene. They're having a good time and then suddenly uh, we realise it's a nightmare because Claire's face turns into Blackjack Randall's, which would is quite a nightmare. That is a nightmare, you know. Uh, so he's not actually boffing her, it's a dream about boffing his wife. Um, and Blackjack's presence makes it it felt his presence makes is felt, and Jamie gets up. And so we get the idea from this dream that he's traumatized. Still, there's this without too much exposition. Very well done, the writers, that they're not boffing each other. Can I just say, you know, talking about unbelievable, unbelievable aspects. I think one of the most unbelievable aspects really is you've got three British people <coughs> have moved to France and they can all speak French. Yeah, yeah that's, actually, that, that is, is more unbelievable, unbelievable than time travel. <laughs> You're absolutely right. What are the chances? But I did think that I was like. 
Why does why can Jamie speak French fluently? <laughs> oh no, but he was in France, and actually, you did get a lot of Scottish um, lords, and that were in, in fact in living in the French court. And in fact, for years, the, the top guard used to um, surround the emperor with the Scot with Scots, who were called the, the Garde Écossais. Right. Right. historical facts for you so that wouldn't be that would we're be, learning as well we're that learning. wouldn't have been that surprising that um, Jamie could speak French well it is surprising because his accent is appalling <laughs> um, oh I spent years in France boulangerie <laughs> anyway let's not dwell on it the point is there are three British people in France that speak French fluently and no one bats an eyelid. But there is a lot of criticism about how dreadful the English language is and how when you hear it spoken don't mm. we'll talk about this in the French court that it sounds like. Yeah. I'm a, but, but it's weird because, like, actually in France, they find the English accent sexy. Well, clearly not in the French court in the 18th century. Believe me, when I lived in France, they did. And you'd, you'd get English presenters on French TV would exaggerate the accent because French people find the English accent sexy. I know I've it's hard to believe. I've never heard that. I've no, never heard true. anyone say that this accent is sexy. I know. No, only when they speak French. I'm not saying... They find the English accent sexy when you speak French. Oh, the English accent when you speak French sexy, yeah. but not the English accent. I don't, yeah, I think I just find, you know. That's we, typical of the bloody French, isn't it? We don't like your accent, but when you speak our language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So, good. right, episode two is a lot of exposition because we've got lots of new characters. And we can get back onto what I was saying earlier. Uh, what the, what the hey-ho. They are now, not, they're not just in France going, oh, let's try and scratch yeah, some money. Yeah, they're echelons. They are in with royalty. They are, they are in with the king. Do you know what I mean? They're not just hanging around with French middle-class people. They're hanging out with the flipping creme de la creme. Yeah, well, they're quick workers. Well, I don't, how the hell did that happen? He only sells wine, and all of a sudden he's in the French court. <laughs> I sell wine. Oh, come in, fella. <laughs> What's your mate sell? Horseshoes? Yeah, bring him in along as well. You're all welcome. They're, they're like, they're to be fair, they got, they got invited through Louise de la Tour, who's a friend of... Claire's, who's actually, I love the actress, I, can't, I don't know her name. But How it, are they friends? Well, that's never explained. So Claire has this friend, and she's really great Who's having a bikini wax, despite the fact that they've had bikinis in those days. Do you oh, remember that? Of course, it's very difficult to forget, <laughs> forget the scene with the monkey and the, and the bikini and wax. And the bikini wax. <laughs> it starts as a bikini wax and then it goes full Brazilian, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't even know they, why are we calling them Brazilians? We should be calling them Versailles or something. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I presume it's historically accurate, but it, it seems weird that you you go to those lengths. Well, they, they they had nothing else to do with their time apart from sleep with people they weren't married to. I know. But uh, I, I would think of better things to do than having a. Anyways, I mean, anyways, but you you so you meet uh, Louise de la Tour and uh, Mary Hawkins. We meet for the first time. Who's this? The young young English girl is who to... is easily uh, is very naive and easily upset. Well, not easily upset. She's, she's just... about to marry an old man with she's covered got... in warts. So... She's about to marry an old man covered in warts, and she's having to witness a full frontal Brazilian, like Pazawi. I mean, nobody needs to see that, even if you like it. Anyway, we won't go into that. Yeah, and there was also we meet Miss Maitre Raymond, who's the guy who has the shop with all the magical so... potions. Oh yeah, God blimey! So. I mean, then we've got... Oh, do you know what this... This is what I mean. It, it's just too much going on and it's none of it's interesting. Well, they've got to get fit it all in. That's the problem. They've got to... Because there's so many storylines and so many characters. They do have a... The writers have a hard job of trying to get everything, squeezing everything in there. I think that's the... Yeah. The and it's also handy that there are all these peripheral characters that are fluent in English. 
I can speak to you in French. Don't bother. I am fluent in English. Why? Just because it helps this bit of the story. It's easier if I speak to you in English with a weird French accent. Anyway, so this guy's, um, he's like a, a, I suppose, the, the local pharmacy. Apothecary, yeah. Yeah, the apothecary. So he sells all the herbs and the things and the what's-its to keep away spells and whatever. Maybe yeah, they seem to get poisons. very well with Claire. Um, and he, but of course he knows about her already. Ah, you are Claire, blah, blah, blah. Like he seems to know who In she is. In her D or dress. Did you notice that was like a nod to the 1940s, the black dress with the white jacket. It was like a deal. No, I don't I know what I'm that. saying. Of course, you wouldn't get that. Um, and so, Maureen's uh, asking me if I noticed about <laughs> about fashion. It's like you, it's like you don't know me, Maureen. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> what I'm wearing? Yeah, yeah. socks, trousers, a, a, a shirt, a, a very, very unusual shirt. Um, so Jamie and Murta, um get to meet Charles in a in a brothel of all places, which I don't think Claire's that happy. Bonnie about. Prince Charlie, we need to make that. What clear. do you think of Bonnie Prince Charlie? He's a twat, isn't he? Well, I think he's historically that's historically accurate. Do you he know it's weird because when I was young, because I grew up in a very patriotic Scottish family, because we lived in England. Yeah, he's never even been to Scotland. He's grew no, up I in Italy. <clears throat> but the thing is, all the songs and stories that I grew up with of Bonnie Prince Charlie was always this romantic hero. And in fact, it, you know, it was a very romanticised version of, of Bonnie Prince Charlie that I grew up with. And now you see in this one, he's an absolute utter petulant twat, twat who, who believes, believes that obviously God, that God is on his side. Yeah, that God That's is handy, sent, isn't it? Well, I mean, to be fair, our current monarch believes that. <laughs> well, that's the essence of a monarchy, isn't it? That you're divinely chosen oh! by God. Just dropped my phone. Um, yes, I mean, anyway, look, let's not get into the semantics. So of they're it. in the brothel. Uh, Murta, of course, think is not enjoying himself as always and makes it quite clear he's not enjoying himself and they try and tell Charles that you know forget it Scotland's not up for it but of course Charles is convinced with God on his side that you know well he wants he says to Jamie I don't want people to uh <laughs> to be I, I'm always sympathetic yeah and then Jamie tells I want you to give me the truth and then so Jamie goes oh all right fella so basically the clans it's never are gonna, fighting each other the clans are fighting we're never going to get together it's never going to work and he's like Oh, I actually don't want the truth, so take the yeah, truth and shove it up your ass. Um, anyway, it all kind of fizzles out because the the, 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 bro the brothel kicks off, doesn't it? You've got the dildo show. That's it. The, all the dildos come out. Pick one of three. <laughs> or all three. <laughs> or something like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You can take a dildo, a prostitute. Or and you a... could rent them. Who'd want to rent a dildo? Well, you could put it in the boil wash. It might be all right. <laughs> Bo boil it for a couple of hours. <laughs> be okay shouldn't it <laughs> I don't think they were too worried about <laughs> things like that back in the 18th century I don't know they might have been but the thing is what happens is that Charles actually then gets Jamie he wants to get money from the French court he obviously because he's not officially in the country he asks <laughs> so Jamie is in the embarrassing position offering to stand in for Charles and represent him to the French minister finance minister and ask for money to support the uprising yes which obviously so, Jamie's not happy about yeah, so now they're going to have to find a way to sabotage that, that, that money. And also, they've got to try and go to the royal court, so it's, that's when we meet Louise de la Tour, and they go to Versailles. And they meet the king, who's having yep. a shit. <laughs> yeah, but first of all, we've got that red dress, that paint, that, what do you think of the red dress? I know you're not really the person to talk about fashion. I thought she looked great. What, was it the one that he it, said, oh, I can see your It was your very, bits and bobs it was very low cut, yeah. Yeah, but that's normal, isn't it? When they all low cut, there was a lot of well, bosom. There was a lot of bosom. I'm not sure it was that 
low cut. But yeah, it's, got, it's an impressive dress. Oh, we forgot. Um, oh, come on. We forgot about the honeypot. Claire goes and gets the bikini. Oh, yes. Well, of course, she she's okay with it because, and he, he, he mentions that, oh, your honeypot's been blibber blid. Because she's obviously very sexually frustrated. She's, I can understand if I was sleeping with Sam Hewen every night, I'd be and not having sex. I'd be sexually it's frustrated. It's not say, it's Jamie. Jamie, sorry, slip Forget of the tongue. It. Slip of, well, it's never going to happen anyway. So Jamie, don't, say, don't start really talking matter. about your tongue in this situation. Okay, <laughs> my what? Your tongue, the slip of it. Oh, <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, Warren's a prude. She didn't even like that. Yeah, you seen her I am face. quite a prude. Such a prude. I know. Which is hilarious. You look at my stand-up, and then in real life, I'm much of a prude. But um, yeah, so she's very frustrated. So she wants to get. Jamie interested and so she introduces him Her to the unthatched look let's put it that way yeah and he's like why have you done this to your honeypot oh well why not I think it's even more fantasy male because he prefers the old fashioned thatched oh, over look no you say that he's like he hasn't been he hasn't been up for it for a while and then he's like bada bim bada boom and then they start but blackjack ah i blackjack yeah stop thinking of blackjack and they have to stop what they're doing yeah, poor Claire. She's gagging for it. But uh, she's very kind and says, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. But well, she really one... means, God damn you. And your... <laughs> your trauma. Your trauma. Um, so, yes, now now let's move forward. So now we're at the we're at Versailles, and it's obviously a very rich court. We meet Jamie's ex, the French floozy, Annalise. We meet Jamie's ex. You know, the young girl that... He did. A, he fought a duel for. Oh right! Yeah. And Claire, Claire's jealous. She's not happy. Yeah. And so she sends off murder. But like, she knows he was a virgin, so there's nothing to get too upset about. What was yeah. the most that they could have got up with? Held, held hands and a bit of a snog. I mean, yeah. you know, like I, I mean, and there, you know, when that French floozy rocks up, you think, come on, like you were a virgin, give it up, like you weren't going to stick your wing wang in there. What are you talking about, anyway? That's another. All right, Miss Cynical. So they go off to the, the levee of the uh, Not even cynical. This is like real life, isn't it? A bloke, a woman who was... Yes, but there was a difference between shagging. You couldn't shag a lady who had family and friends. You couldn't dishonour her. Do you know what I mean? Because then that would be dangerous. You, you'd end up doing it with somebody lower down socially, wouldn't you? Because you, you, you wouldn't affect somebody's honour like that. That would be a whole oh, right. different social she thing. She didn't seem to be too worried about her honour. Oh, well, that's true. Um, so anyway, they see... So the then she was married. Yeah, she was yeah married. so you don't have to. Yeah. See, the the raise, the, the levé de, de roi, the dressing of the, the, the... What do you call it? The dressing of the king, which is basically watching him having trying to have a shit. I quite like the guy who plays the king. I think he does him very well. Yeah, so he is basically pushing out the largest hemorrhoid in the history of human To an audience. To an audience of about 60 people, whilst talking about politics or something. But actually, religion, yeah. Well, religion or something. I, I, I found the whole thing really distressing. I was and like, she, for the love of God, put some soap up there or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just like this man straining to have a poo. I just thought... Understandably, Murta's not impressed. I'm, I'm surprised his small intestine didn't come out of his bum. <laughs> Absolutely appalling. Anyway, Jamie advises he should eat porridge, a very Scottish uh, solution. Which, clearly, the king is like, I'm not eating peasant food, but you think, you've had too much butter and flipping cheese, Cream. mate. You need, you, need, <laughs> you need some wheat germ or something. Anyway, that bit was unpleasant. Um, I, and then later... Oh, yeah, so, so uh, Claire's wearing that dress to impress the roving eye of the king. Yes, and also uh, uh, Duvernay goes to find Claire... Who's Duvernay? He's the French finance minister. So 
Louise tells Daverne, my friend, one of the red dress has been, wants to meet you. He goes, oh, I'll go. he's a bit of a horny Frenchman. Yeah, but she makes it sound like he, Claire wants to fuck him. Well, you know. Um, she makes it clear. There's no ambiguity there. She's like, my friend, she's... Well, really she probably thinks that's what, that's what Claire wants. for you or something. Because remember, she doesn't want Claire to bring her husband. She goes, you have much more fun if you don't bring your husband to the court. Yeah, but if you're going to set your mate up, if you're going to be a wingman woman... You don't find this is the most repellent man in the room. I know my friend oh, is not, on a sleeve. He's not the most repellent. Well, he's one of them. I like the, I like this guy. But anyway, he goes to meet Claire, tries to um, seduce her. He doesn't try to seduce her. He jumps her. And fortunately, Jamie arrives and throws him in the lake. I mean, he's literally. It's almost like Jamie is just almost always two feet away from Claire, <laughs> because either that or he can run at the speed of sound, because literally Claire only has to go. And he's like, I am here. I mean, like, where the hell have you been? You're like Mr. Ben. You just keep popping up. It's incredible. I just, I'm always amazed at Jamie just arriving all the time. If I was Claire, I'd be like, it's starting to get creepy, mate. You're always just here. You, are you following me? Anyway, Claire seems to be fine about it. So anyway, they throw to Verde the lake. I love this. They throw this guy into the lake. He's fine about it. And he's absolutely fine. Oh, I would have done the same. I had no idea that you had a, a husband. Let me be of service to you. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Just don't tell the wife. Please don't tell the wife. And of course, I, let's be friends forever. Anyway, the king appears with a woman who's got a dress that basically got her nipples out. And you've got like... No, her tits. Her tits are Not out. even her nipples. It's all her tits and something So she's wearing a dress and then her tits are poking... Like she's just got her tits out, basically. Yeah. And she's just... And great tits. It's the only time that Myrtle wakes up, really. He's yeah. He's fascinated. Yeah, she's just wandering around with her tits. I mean, like... It's like, do you know what that bit was? And she, by the way, this woman seemed perfectly happy with the whole situation. You know when you have a dream that you walk into a room and you're chatting to people and then you realise you're naked or you're naked and you're, or your tits are out and you go, oh my God, my tits are out. I've been talking to loads of people with my tits out. This is happening to this woman and she's fine with it. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's having my anxiety dreams and is completely <laughs> okay with it. <laughs> Just wandering around with her tits out. Completely fine with the whole situation. Um, anyway. And Myrta wants to kind of follow her, but Jamie stops. And then Myrta spots somebody, starts swearing in Gaelic, um, zooms off, and we find Simon Callow as Sandringham, who I have to say camps it up terribly. He's fantastic. The guy is so obnoxious. Is I think he's Sandringham. brilliant. He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He's utterly repellent. <laughs> isn't he? Utterly repellent. I think he's he's, he's amazing in it. But, but sort of like, but he he's he's repellent and quite. He's got of, no shame. No, and but also he, he amuses me. You know the bit when when uh, when Myrta goes to, threatens him in the Gaelic, and he just goes, "I do hope you'll say, I do hope that's an apology." He knows. <laughs> Isn't that great British understatement? He knows obviously that Myrta's going to slit your blinking throat. So I do hope it's an apology. You know, and it's just. Oh, when the guy, there's, his, his servant is coughing. And he, he just goes, don't goes, spit on me. He, was like, he goes, could you find a servant to cough on? Or something, or was something. that a bit harsh? A little bit. <laughs> if you're going to cough, could you find a servant to cough on? Mm. Um, yeah, he's brilliant in it. Um, he's fantastic. And, I mean, No hard perfect. feelings. No. <laughs> yeah, hard feelings. Um, obviously, we find out that Alex Randall uh, is his secretary, who happens to be, of course, the brother to... Jack Randall. And you'll love this. In the novel, right, Alex mm. Randall is supposed to be the spitting image of Jack Randall. Well, they but couldn't of course, do that. <laughs> I had Tobias Menzies <laughs> playing. That would be amazing, <laughs> We had Tobias Menzies playing. Alex Randall. Alex Randall, Jack Randall. <laughs> and Frank. With slightly different hairstyle. No, just every... Yeah, yeah. Well, the same hairstyle, but just like... Maybe a different, like, <laughs> just a different jacket. 
I, 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 in fact, if that had happened, I would have, I would have probably enjoyed the show even more. I was like, oh, Tobias, you've done well, mate. You've done really well out of this show. Three characters. So obviously they had to, you know, for but what, believability had to get yeah, a different actor. But Alex Randall is a very different man from his yes, brother. He's, but from Alex, we discover that... Da, 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 what did we discover, Jen? Oh, I was setting that up for you. Oh, we discovered that Black Jack Randall is alive. So that that the fact that he was like trampled on by uh, like you know six hundred and fifty. I think it was nineteen. Cattle, but anyway, whatever. He survived. And obviously, uh, for, uh, fortunately, Jamie and Murta aren't there when uh, Claire finds out the news. Claire's obviously t- oh, and he, Sandringham's such a dick, isn't he? Because he prefer he really enjoys telling Claire that Jack's alive. And um, Claire's now in a quandary because does she tell? Does she Jamie? tell Jamie? Because Jamie's still having these nightmares, and if he finds out that Jack's, a, you yeah. know, alive, maybe this will set him back. So she may. Well, he'll go off and cont- oh. go back to Scotland and try, try to kill, kill him, him, and then get perhaps hung. So that is the end of episode two. That's the kind of the cliffhanger. That's the hanger that we land our cliff on, and I think we can all agree that those two episodes could have been boiled down into like 20 minutes no because you've got so many characters and plot lines oh, it was, do you know what it felt like homework Maureen I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you I was watching it going oh god I would not be watching this if I didn't have to do this blinking podcast and I apologise to all of the Outlander fans because you're probably going well don't don't bother only 16 people are listening to this anyway but 19 I'm, it's 19 is now. it 19 yeah it's gone up to 19 oh my god I'm committed to 22 those 19 if you, people. If you can include Isma's children, you've been listening as well. One oh. of them's three, so probably. Yusuf probably hasn't yeah, it's probably really not. tuned into the whole thing. No, yeah. 21 then. So let's say 21. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could just round it to 20. Okay, that 20. Feels that, that, that feels quite solid. That good, yeah. It? Actually, I feel quite good about 20. Yeah, I mean, because when we got up from 4 to 20. Yeah, and remember, we, stood at, we, we stayed at 9 for a long time. <laughs> We were at nine for like at least four. That's episodes. five times our original, you know, figure. These are our avid listeners. There are some other listeners, but these are our avid listeners. Yeah, I, I don't know who the other listeners are. <laughs> I mean, who just decides? Oh, just listen to episode nine. <laughs> That's the one I want to tune into. Not really bothered about the other. So, uh, so so far, season two. Well, I no the ones that you uh, up to episode one and two. You're not that enthralled, then. Listen, I've. I obviously have watched them all, so I understand that the story trips along a little bit further, and I am excited to see what happens at the end of the series, and even more excited about season three, which I believe starts... I think September. Oh, I thought it's starting in April. No, I think they're still filming. They've gone to South Africa. They've gone to South Africa? Yeah. What the hell's going on? I think that's meant to be the West Indies. Why they haven't gone to the West Indies, I don't know, but they've gone to South Africa. Well, maybe it's cheaper to film yeah, in South probably, Africa. Probably. Yeah. Mm. Although the South Africa is a very different climate to the West Indies. Yeah, but if you're British or American, you probably don't really know, do you? It's I think you might as well do it in America then. Yeah. Anyways, enough of that. We will be back. Oh, we'll sorry be back about that. Uh, very soon with uh, episode three and four. Yeah, and right now we're going to catch up on Line of Duty, which is fantastic. Season series three with. Uh, ta- is it ta- is it Tandy Newton? Is it Tandy? Yeah, is it Tandy? Is it Tandy? Is it Tandy? Tandy Newton, I think. I, I once Tandy. saw her in, in Hampstead. Well, that was my claim to fame. Thank you, Maureen. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Just for those Line of Duty fans <laughs> who are enjoying Tandy Newton, who's absolutely outstanding yeah, in that brilliant. series. No, well, everybody's brilliant in that series. Maureen Walpole. Past the ones. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thanks for listening. Bye. We'll be back soon with episodes three and four. Oh, yeah, that does follow one and two, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, normally. Mm. Bye. Okay, bye.